in a slightly different location to our usual island uh, white magical home that is Ibiza and uh, we're here in another magical home that's um, as you can probably hear from the background sounds um, yeah pretty impressive with the nature that we're surrounded by currently and I'm actually watching the most spectacular sunset uh, from the actual back garden of today's guest which is I've got the absolute pleasure to introduce Helen Noakes, Scaravelli-inspired teacher. And we're here in uh, Mandrem, a little village in North Goa. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Joe. Thanks so much for asking me. It's a pleasure to sit here with you in our back garden, um, looking at the sun dropping into the sea. So, And we've got crows and palm trees and we've got sea eagles and we've got the road, so you'll probably hear some hooting and... We've got a community here, about six, seven houses, so lots of Danish people, Germans, and we all come here every year and, um, yeah, live here together. Some of us come and go, most of us stay here long term, so it's a little, little sweet community here. Love a it. little goer family. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it's, I think it's the last little pocket of the old goer that we all know so well. I've been coming here, this is my 21st year, and um, I know... <laughs> And Showing your age there. <laughs> <laughs> oh I've had my thirtieth, my fortieth, and my fiftieth here in um, in Goa, and it's it's changed so much. But this is, I think, the last little pocket here. As I was mentioning, we still have lots of piggies running around. I mean, piggy toilets are missing, sadly, but um, those those were the good old days. But um, so yeah, still living with the family, living with them. They're kind of really part of everything. There's Enfields around everywhere, and so this this little spot is kind of our little sanctuary before it changes, which obviously it will, mm-hmm. like everything. I definitely I hear you on the uh, the piggy front because um, I did actually stay in one of those little houses over there one mm-hmm. year, and I remember. I mean, there's no lights around here at night time, mm-hmm. and I sort of came out and something massive moved and honked, <laughs> and I had no idea that it was like the Loch Ness monster had come out. <laughs> yeah, they're great, and actually. Um, I really enjoy looking at them because you don't need um, compost because you just throw all your compost to them and they eat it within seconds. And it's so it's really eco-friendly to have piggies around. And they've got beautiful eyelashes, actually, if you really look at them. They've got really long eyelashes. <laughs> have you been flirting again? Yeah, I've been flirting. Oh, especially the, the big daddy, the big daddy piggy. But they also have some boar, there's some wild boar energy in them as well. You can see the, the, the boars, they're very different from the pigs. So, and then there's dogs and cr- loads of crows. And we had an, a very small um, owl, like a mama and a baby owl, living in our roof. And I used to wake up and these big eyes were looking through the tiles. So in our house, you can see it's the traditional um, house with tiles. So it's all wooden, wooden beams with um, the red tiles. So we have lots of um, lizards and geckos and little mice living with us the whole time, along with um, other unwanted ones like cockroaches but uh, you kind of learn to live with uh, being outside it's all part of the kind of yeah the nature that you're surrounded by I mean what an amazing kind of jungle home that you've got here it's absolutely it is absolutely beautiful you're right it does feel like a a 
last little kind of remnant of the the sanctuary and the peace that Goa once had before I guess um, it got quite as hectic as I mean it has you know I've been coming here for seven years and it's changed unbelievably since I since I just uh, first started here but I I was had the pleasure I do believe of being at your 50th birthday because it was held you in this were. wonderful little house with some uh, fantastic guests. Yeah, yeah, that was that was great. I remember you coming. Yeah, we had a guest, um, uh, my fellow contemporary and yoga teacher Ash Ash Bond. She turned up as a surprise in a bag from Australia, <laughs> and we opened her up, and she came up wearing a police hat and a whip and said I was arrested. So I had no idea. She told me, you know, there was a big surprise. So that was really wonderful. So yeah, I really yeah, for some reason this place has drawn me, and I still don't know why. I didn't really want to come to India. It just happened like that. So it was definitely a, a calling to come to. I was I came here to actually learn, not to go. Um, I came here to learn um, Shavuti Tiramal, which is the massage by foot pressure. And I use a rope in the ceiling. And I went to learn that from a teacher in Kerala who actually refused to teach me when I met her. After I wrote to her, she said, oh, no, I, I don't want to teach you now. She saw me. I think she took one look at me and said, no, thank you. And then she sent me over to her um, brother and his wife, um, Vijay and Padma Nair, And I ended up teach, uh, learning with them. And that kind of started the India love affair. I can see how that can happen, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I have actually had a little go on your swing because um, yes. your previous tenant, James Winstanley, actually yes. was living here for a little while and yes. he and I both have neck injuries, so we affectionately termed it the sex swing. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it can be used for many things. But, um, yeah, it's, it is, you can use it for sexual needs if you want. It's fabulous. Um, but um, Waffly versatile, oh, that yeah. little piece of equipment. Yeah, totally versatile. <laughs> But um, yeah, I that I made a career from it um, alongside um, teaching yoga. Um, so over the years, it became um, both of them became my main occupation, if you want to call it. I don't really call it a job because I don't really feel like I'm, I'm working. <laughs> I do what I love and I get paid for it, which is really great. It took me, I would say, twenty years to really um, do it. But I would say that I'm at the Right now, I'm a, I feel like I'm on a real high with it. You know, it's um, I've really balanced my uh, lifestyle. So, because I travel a lot as well, I decided not to teach. You know, I was teaching a lot of classes when I first came here. I was teaching at Brahmani Yoga with Julie Martin, and uh, we, there were three of us who were directing the company, and she was the main lady, and, we, and there were two other directors, myself and Joe. And uh, we had a great seven years. That's where I met um, Ash and all the other crew. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Roger, who's um, in Watsu, Ibiza. And, We've uh, had him on the podcast, yes, actually. of course. So I met Rog um, here um, when, he was li- ha- he, when he started Watsu Goa. Um, so I was one of the first people to have a treatment in the pool. And uh, yeah, it was, so we were all hanging out together, the mm-hmm. whole crew. And we just had a wild time. I mean, seven years of, yeah. So, Do elaborate, please. Yeah. We, we want to hear all the juicy gossip. Well, I used to basically uh, party every night. So where, I, where we were living, in, it's just south of here in Anjuna. Um, the yoga shala was right downtown at Bougainvillea, if anybody knows Goa, in Anjuna. And every night there was something. There was like a rave at the beach or someone was doing something or so I would basically and then we good friends but we were all teaching together good friends so I didn't drink or take anything else naughty 
and I basically just danced and drove my Enfield, which became a real love for me as well. And so I'd go out dancing, and sometimes I would call up my girlfriend, who was working with me as well, Lizzie, and say, um, hey, um, can you bring in my yoga clothes? I'm just coming in. So it was, I had lots of energy. We were very young and discovering, and um, but I was very, very, very committed. So um, I showed up to every single class I was teaching and workshop. I did a lot of workshops, and then... Um, started teaching massage there. I was giving lots and lots of treatments and then uh, Julie said, why don't you teach it? And I went, okay. So I went back to England, I wrote the course and I named all the moves and I started teaching. That was in 2005. I've been teaching Chavuti ever since. So it was a real organic process. And I have to say, Go has been such a gift because I've met during the centre, we'd meet sometimes, you know, 50 people a day. And through that contact and people keep coming back and through those classes and workshops and working as a community, I met the people that I'm still um, teaching with now. Mm. And I'm still in contact with them all these years. So I've made really good friends in Europe and I still continue to see them and uh, work with them and play with them. So it Go has brought me a great many um, gifts energetically and uh, it's helped me to grow. Um, into the kind of uh, woman that I am now, which is, I feel really blessed actually to uh, be to do what I love, and um, and I choose. You know, I don't have to work every day of the year. You know, I work really intensively, then I have some time off, and I work really intensively again and have some more time off. But you know, being a yoga teacher nowadays, as you know, is a lot about <laughs> admin. So um, any uh, people out there who want to be um, yoga teachers I would say um, and want to travel like I do I would say get help first of all you know really really get help reach out and I had I have girlfriends helping me on um, admin stuff that I'm basically crap at so because it ends up you end up in front of the computer and not doing what you want to do so yeah I was quite rebellious and uh, dyed my hair all different colors shaved my hair off um, I'm loving your undercut right now as well. <laughs> Thank you. I've got, my undercut's growing out. And, um, yeah, I felt uh, I really um, had a heightened experience. And, of course, I was meeting incredible people. Um, one of my main influences was um, who, sadly, she died very tragically in a car accident, Maxine. Um, she's um, very famous uh, here. She was one of the huge women in our community, and she was a brilliant psychotherapist. Uh, therapist, counsellor, whatever you want to call her. And she knew everybody, but somehow she kept all of us really private. So um, she was such a fantastic help um, for me to really step in my um, my feet into the ground. And so I, she was a really big um, person for me. And it was tragic when she died. Um, and so people like that, I would meet people that really, you know, rocks my free world you know that really moved me deeply and at that time before I turned 40 that was when we were working at um, between 30 and 40 I was working at Romani and I was wearing leathers I dyed my hair white you know really short driving an Enfield partying dancing every night and people were the feedback was I looked quite scary and I was I'm the opposite I'm really like what I'm not scary I'm I'm from Essex you know I'm totally an Essex girl and very cynical by the way um, and I thought well so 
Um, and she, Maxine would always say, you know, she's Amer- she's from New York, and she said, um, well, you know, you were having a heightened experience, which it, which it was. I really felt a massive surge of energy, and this big rebellious uh, biker girl came out. So I guess I was a little bit scary, but I felt very soft and feminine. In fact, cutting all my hair off, I went bald for quite a long time, and I was travelling in India. I, um, went off to this crazy temple um, on the uh, east coast just above Tiruvannamalai Tirupati it's called and you give your hair to uh, Vishnu so um, I remember being in a long queue and the guys were there and I said um, have you got a, um, a machine to shave my hair no madam only, only cutthroat so they give you a new blade and a cutthroat I had really long hair put my head down water on it shaved it all off and I got up and just went and it was so interesting I got up sorry I know you can't see me and I was quite shocked and my Italian friend was travelling with me we both did it and what was so interesting I felt much more feminine having no hair much much more feminine um, more connected to myself in fact and uh, I felt really I couldn't hide behind anything and I, I just felt you know I was really facing uh, myself and in India and I went on a huge pilgrimage and to all these uh, incredible places by myself and uh, yeah just loved having no hair so I kept shaving it and I went to these crazy barbers who were slapping my head and you know massaging me like a crazy person and but um, I just uh, I have seen that happening and I've uh, never felt the calling to go into one of those crazy old shacks with the those amazing chairs which I love and the kind of really old school barber chairs that kind of like swings round on um, yeah, a little axis which I love because it always looks so retro and cool but the idea of actually going into one so I'm impressed that you went in there but it doesn't surprise me because I mean the reason I, I guess I mean I met you at Ashiana a really really long time ago maybe seven or eight years ago I think you were with James when I first clamped eyes on you but since then I've kind of gotten to know you a little bit more not as much as I'd like um, but you're very good friends with two of my kind of yoga heroes and that of the very first lady who inspired me to become a yoga teacher was Sally Brooks when I used to go to her yoga classes, her flow yoga classes with music and she's kind of, she looks a bit like Madonna really, her body is like unbelievable and she's fierce, like when I first saw her kind of giving classes in Brighton, at Hove actually, um, in Yoga Haven there, that was it, as soon as I did her class I was like definitely becoming a yoga teacher and I came here and did my 200 hour but then I did my 500 hour with Julie Martin who of mm. course you know who created um Brahmani so I kind of I do feel like a strong connection you've got kind of the two of them seem to yeah be very very similar in their kind of um philosophy and and their way of kind of teaching it feels like having met you and gotten to know you over the years mm, absolutely I mean Sally is um I used to ask her to take me to the gym and uh, personal training <laughs> I loved her because she was so rootsy and gutsy and she didn't really buy into the spiritual spiritual that we all hear about and um and I love her for that mm. and if ever you had um, if any of those dramas going on of which there were many because we're a bunch of women working together so um, I'd always go to Sally and say, and she'd just um, look at me and just say, right, this is how it is. Are you going to let it go or are you just going to hang on to it? Up to you. So she was always very, very much um, a grounding force and kept it real. She kept it really real. And I'm, everybody loved her classes because it was completely different mm. to what was on offer there. 
So I have a great respect for Sally, um, and uh, she's in, uh, she, yeah, she's, I think she's in Eastbourne, but she might have moved back, I can't remember, but anyway, she is No, about. she's in Eastbourne, I actually emailed her, because I was back in Brighton a few, yeah. a few months ago, and um, I really wanted to see her and do her class, but she's not teaching anymore, and she's looking after her very unwell brother, sadly, in Eastbourne, and yeah, she's moved. Mm. She's a great influence, and um, I um, I really I still practice um, her, what she taught me in um, in the gym, and I still hear of yeah she's great, and yeah Julie was a wonderful woman to she really uh, um, got me to come to Goa actually revisit Goa mm-hmm. after a bit of a break because uh, she said look I'm starting a yoga center and I, and I want some you know women around me to help, and I went okay, and I met her I met her uh, partner at the time first and then he I gave her a massage and she said come and I said okay so I did and um, I packed everything up and rented my flat in Hastings near Sally and uh, yeah so I have got a base so that's the other thing I want to say if you want to be a nomadic uh, yoga teacher or or massage teacher that I am I think combining the two is really great combining two things that are interlinked are really important have a base have a base have a base have a base it made a huge difference. <laughs> huge. Somewhere to keep your stuff and to yeah. return to and get grounded again yeah. and in between these mad little yeah. forays into the wilderness. Yeah, absolutely. Just to know that if if you don't want to do that anymore, you've got somewhere to land. And um, I mean, I, mine's rented, but, you know, it's. I know that that's there. And if I ever need, you know, a place to be um, solid and, you know, that's kind of my routine. And I really suggest that because I used to come back, I used to come out to India with no money, zero. I used to put my uh, flight on the credit card, come with absolutely zero, know that I'd be working at Brahmani. So I know that I would be generating lots of uh, classes and uh, massages and so that would sustain me while I was here and then go back to zero and go back to nowhere to live so and I just thought I'm you know this is crazy so how long ago were you still leading that kind of coming on zero lifestyle (laughs) I'm fascinated (laughs) that was in um, my late 20s early 30s so um, things started really happening for me when um, people like Julie and others started to um, other friends encouraged me to go on my own and start my, my own company which I did um, things started to really change to, um, in my 40s turning 40 all through my 40s it really stepped up um, but it you know it I was coming here I started coming here in my late 20s so I really um, so I'd work in the summers in uh, England and uh, doing what what was your worst um, job was, um, <laughs> what was your best job <laughs> I've done some really crap jobs. <laughs> Go on, tell us. <laughs> no, um, I was a wig dresser. <laughs> so that that was uh, my... Um, that's why I think I got such great training in, into meeting people because I was working with all these incredible actors and actresses and opera singers who were very dramatic. And, you know, touching their head, touching their hair, designing wigs for them became uh, you know, very intimate. So you'd have to walk into a dressing room and be aware of what you were going to meet and you never knew what you were going to meet the next minute so in the half hour call you'd go off to all these different dressing rooms maybe five different dressing rooms and you know sometimes I knew I had to be quiet because they were very you know focused and others were really chatty and others were really famous you could hardly speak or silly things like that Mm. Um, so that gave me really good training so I was wig dressing so I was working Lane Bourne for a little while which was fabulous 
and then I slowly kind of tore myself away from that so um, so I was giving sessions treatments in when I was coming back from India and really doing too many so um, body workers out there this is what I tell all my lovely friends who come on our, my training all of you are doing too many all of them are burnt out too many sessions receive sessions yourself you know I just do one or two sessions five days a week keep you know keep yourself balanced because mm. you know what happens is we give too many treatments everyone gets ill and burnt out and then the person that's teaching you not to be stressed is I mean hello so you know um, so common yeah it's so common and the beautiful people that I've been privileged to teach uh, she's gone bit by a mosquito <laughs> it is the it, witching hour isn't it, it? that moment hour. the sun is gone literally yeah. just sunk into the sea yeah. kind of was about to burst into a round of applause but I'm um, too busy focusing on what was nibbling my foot <laughs> you're too sweet darling and so yes um, yeah I see a lot of uh, people who are um, giving a lot of treatments and exhausted from it and have a family as well or you know it goes on and on so you know I really encourage especially with Shavuti I say look you know it's normally people who come who do other body work sessions and they add this to their repertoire and I say look just give three Shavutis a week Mm-hmm. You know, make it three hours. Make it a special, you know, a special thing. But if people time. really want to make a living from it, and yeah. some people, I guess, don't have any option but to give yeah. as many treatments as they are. Well, you can charge much more. <laughs> In Ibiza, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. In Goa, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, what's the going rate round here? Well, it's changed. I mean, when I was first started giving chavs, I was charging five hundred rupees, which is about six, seven pounds. Giving chavs, I love yeah. that phrase. Arithmetics, <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect? I'm still not receiving chavs. <laughs> I'm an expert at receiving chavs. <laughs> so yeah. for messics, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I did actually drive around in a Golf GTI when I was a young lady, so I had the full thing. I've still got one. Oh, yeah. There's excellent. nothing wrong with a Golf GTI. They're, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. Good for you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And um, so, yeah, so now, average, I hear it's between three and 4,000 rupees, which is about 45, 50 quid, which is crazy. Um, so, you no, know, if if anybody ever asks me, which I, I don't really give treatment so much anymore, just more trainings. Um, is you know I still charge 1,500 because I just think it's not you know it's crazy to charge anymore. But that's me. I'm still in the old school. Mm. I'll definitely um, pop round for one of those. Yeah. Actually, what are you do next week? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it's it's an absolute joy mm. and to watch people. So I think I've trained about 120 people. I'm not sure. So mm. very small groups because I have to I have to have small groups when I teach mm. because I have to keep an eye on every single move and give them 100. Mm. percent and you know you have to know what you're doing when you're um, using your feet so it's postgraduate you have to be a body worker or a yoga teacher to do it it's not you, know, you can't just walk off the street and learn it and i give you a certificate thanks you know it's no i take it very i mean i'm a rebel but i take it really seriously and uh, you know i have to give the best i can so and i'm in contact with lots of them and i run have a directory linked to my website so anybody that's trained with me goes up on the directory mm. and uh yeah and i nice. teach ongoing ones so i keep in contact with them all and um yeah love it i'm going to bring them all to greece when um, when i move there and uh and then um while i was here i met up with um my two uh very wonderful brothers Rue and Steve and they we had a meeting and they were coming here building sweat lodges and uh, teaching a bit uh, Rue and Gary sorry Rue and Steve both did Gary Carter's teacher training um, two years after me I did Gary's first and they did Gary's second what was that like 13 years ago you did yeah. Gary Carter's yeah that was 2000 
Yes. That is a long time ago. Yeah. That's like 19 years ago, not 13. No, I don't, maybe it was 2002, I can't remember, but it was early. He's such an anatomy geek, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, I've done dissections with him. Yeah, so that's my new hobby is dissecting dead bodies. I looked at a lot of dissection videos on Julie yeah. Martin's training because we had an anatomy yeah. teacher who was also a doctor and a surgeon. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it is very, very, very technical in terms of the fascia and kind of looking at all of that kind of intelligent tissue, which obviously she gets into through unstructured, non-linear kind of forms of movement. And I'm guessing, obviously, that was Gary's focus. Yeah, I mean, she was really influenced by Gary, and that's that's why her direction has taken this turn because she's you know replugged into him. She's been really into him for years. That's why she invited me to come and teach um, Scarabelli Inspired because she's always loved his work. And she said, "Look, I want to bring it." I want to bring another angle to the teaching. So, yeah, that's how we started it. But Gary's a brilliant dissector. Um, he's also works with um, the guy who does Body Worlds, Body Works. Yeah. So he's actually part of a big team building um, the world's first fashion man um, in, a, in a lab um, on the border of Germany and uh, Poland. <laughs> Had to be Germany. I don't yeah. know why, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's there. He's, Gary's very involved. So I did a five-day dissection with him and Julian Baker. Um, and they run a company called Function. Uh, he, Julian runs a company called Functional Fascia. I really recommend anybody who's a body worker or yoga teacher, you have to be qualified to go. You have to have a certificate to go on any of their one-day courses or intensives. Um, for me, if you're really going to teach about yoga, you have to know what looks like, what you look like behind the skin. Mm-hmm. Because we make so many assumptions, don't we? Like, oh, it's a psoas. And well, actually, how do we know? Mm-hmm. We don't. Mm-hmm. It's all guesswork. It is. I do love the fact as a yoga teacher that people come to you and they're like, oh, I've got this going on and that going on and the other going on. They kind of expect you to basically sort of fix them in like one class. And it's like, that is not going to be possible. You know, this is like could take months or even years. And how are you even going to know what's going on in their bodies anyway? I mean, it's, you know, when someone tells you, I've got a bad lower back or I've got just had this operation and they kind of expect you to be able to give them a class with 12 other people that's going to be safe for them. I mean... I just this is the kind of thing that kind of drives me slightly insane about being a yoga teacher. Mm, absolutely. I mean, you know, for me, I make no promises. Um, when I say I don't know, I don't know. I'm really honest about that. And just, I know, I feel that just be yourself and just offer, you know, what you can really safely. And don't make any promises and don't make any anatomical references that you can't back up. You know, you have to, if you're going to make a reference or a statement, say actually it's not anatomy because anatomy means to cut up. We should say physiology, as you know. So if you make a physiological statement about the body, you have to know what you're talking about. And of course it changes all the time. Everything changes. You know, there's new discoveries the whole time. And my teacher, Elizabeth Pounce, um, she's now 77. She's coming here on our teacher training next month um, to teach for three days along with Gary. Um, She's, uh, you know, she's got a very strong and, and wonderful approach to uh, yoga because she lived with Vanda. She trained with Vanda for 13 years. Vanda Scaravelli, yeah. for those of you who have yes. no idea who this person is. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Vanda I know you're on first name terms, but yeah. most of our audience are probably going, who the hell is that? So Vanda Scaravelli was uh, the big uh, influence, the matriarch of this so-called Scaravelli-inspired yoga, which she never wanted to be called anything. But it's very difficult to know what to call it. So she took on uh, students in her house and like in her front room or in a you know, kitchen and she played the piano and um, just never charged anybody anything and people would just come and be with her for a couple of hours once a week and uh, that's, how, um, that's how it kind of evolved and then we all got to know her students and that's how I began through Gary actually. Gary brought all of the 
the people that had um, lived and tra and practiced with Vanda Scaravelli. So that's how I got to meet them all. So Gary is the big, the big uh, bridge. Um, he's a genius, and I would definitely recommend uh, many people to go. Anybody to work with Gary Carter. He's um, a specialist. I mean, Julie calls her kind of style of yoga these days uh, the intelligent yoga rebellion. And when I first went on that 500 hour, I was like, you know, all this sort of reference to the fascia. I was like, well, I had really no idea what it was. And like, since obviously getting into these different kinds of ways of spiraling and moving into freedom of movement and range of movement and exploring and twisting and, you know, just basically going with your own flow of breath and movement intuitively is, you know, definitely feels incredible and for me that you know when I teach is like you know very much the main aim of the game like why would you do something that doesn't feel good in the body or doesn't create more ability to move in different ways and exploring into parts of the body that we don't normally mm. get into or or but obviously that comes from working with Gary and I think you know I've sadly never met the man and I've never mm. had the opportunity to go on one of his courses and I, I really would love to but I think you know can you kind of explain a bit more about what it is that he has mm. brought to the table for you personally yeah yeah um I mean Julie moves uh, quite differently she's she's got a, a dance background very you know she's got brilliant choreography skills and um, she's, you know, she works in in flow sequences. Um, and she's uh, Gary's um, always been encouraging um, exploration. So I would definitely say the wave is the main uh, teaching, the wave that occurs in the body, and what how I interpret it. And in my older age, the wave of the spine, the or wave of the, sp oh, the wave of the, well, there's many waves. Breath. Um, the wave of the breath, the wave of the spine, any kind of fluid wave-like movement, obviously we have many, but there is a particular wave in the spine that Vanda talks about. It's a pull from gravity. Many waves, many rhythms, many pulses, you know, many watery um, situations in the body. So for me, I have come to a very slow conclusion that we can't do the wave. So The wave does you. <laughs> yes, basically. So, you know, how do we... Uh, tune in to the already occurring waves that are that are happening in the body. So it's not something we do. It's something that we can undo. We can undo our patterns and then meet it in it from a place of um, deep uh, looking in behind the skin. So uh, John Sturck, one of my other big influences, apart from Elizabeth, um, John Sturck's a wonderful osteopath and yoga teacher, real rebel as well. Um, he says, how so? Uh, how so? Um, well, he um, did a lot of experimenting when he was younger in the in the seventies. Let's say that, and uh, he um, is an osteopath, and he's brought a lot of that into the yoga world. And so, um, osteopathy or, or rebellion? Yeah, both, <laughs> both. Yeah, we love him already. Yeah, he's great. So I would say that he he's the one that because um, a lot of us at the beginning we were kind of all kind of doing the wave and flapping our arms around I'm demonstrating I know you can't see but I'm, <laughs> I'm loving it it looks like Big Bird yeah Big Bird <laughs> Sesame Street but Big Bird Sesame Street <laughs> doing this kind of, and we were all kind of overdoing and then so we'd, then it started to come right back and um, of course we're all interpreting Vanna Scaravelli's teaching which is probably nothing like what she said you know I never I never met her I only feel her through Elizabeth and other teachers but my what's so wonderful is that we can stop and tune into the waves that are happening um, we can allow those waves to um, move within us which can be in all many shapes and forms basically not linear 
um, then we can really explore, have permission to explore. That's why it's what I would call tantric approach to movement rather than um, a linear approach. Um, I would say it's well, it's but it's not so classical. It's not the classical hatha, whatever you want to call it. no postures. It's um, it's unstructured a, movement, yeah. movement it, that's not. Yeah, know. it's structured, but in the way that it has to be very grounded and rooted. And obviously, the breath is um, not forced. But we don't tell anybody how to do the breath either. So I don't count the breath or tell you. I um, basically I don't don't synchronize the breath with the movement which is a really rebellious thing to I say. I do remember you doing that in your classes. Yeah, yeah. so not to synchronise the breath, but allow the breath to really be. Um, very, which very is very important. rare in yoga, because obviously yeah. every movement comes with an yeah. inner and exhale. Actually, yeah. sometimes I, I really just like feel like I'm just telling people how to breathe all the time, mm. which is kind of ridiculous. Mm. It's really important at the beginning. Of course, mm. you have to guide people how to breathe, but then you're telling people to breathe in your rhythm. Everybody's got different rhythms. Mm. So if you give space for the breath to be how it is, it will synchronize itself. Mm. It will absolutely, it will just tune in. So when we make space for that, so ground breath spine or ground breath wave, and gravity. No, these are, gravity is your oldest friend, and these are your friends that are going to take you very deep. So your most supportive friend. Yes. So there's it's a method. It's a methodless method. So there is a structure. There has to be a structure. There has to be a spine. There has to be a scaffolding. But within that, you can be absolutely teach intuitively. So that's the real challenge on on our courses, on our teacher trainings with the Yoga Health Mandala. That's our company name. Is that you know how can you share teach somebody how to teach from their gut or their instinct or their heart or um, and totally teach to the energy of the room and uh, you know drop the plan and really go with what's happening in front of them so I find it incredibly interesting um, you know some teachers Sandra Sabatini you know she teaches extremely slowly and like in a whole workshop you might do four poses but you're exhausted completely feel like I've done a workout so deep so it completely turned everything around for me and at the same time um, I we're allowed to bring our own flavors into it so Julie's brought her flavor into her interpretation of her recent work with Gary um, we've interpreted so we bring a lot of rehab a lot of strengthening mobilizations um, some qigong and obviously sweat lodges and some other dare I say the word shamanic but that kind of stuff in so yeah we've definitely brought our own flavor and that's what I love there's no dogmatic linear way you have to say it this way or do it this not at all it's here's the structure here's what you have to make sure that people are safe and then go off and, and, and explore for yourself uh, I think yeah that is an amazing thing but it takes time I mean there's no other way of getting into that place and that's what I had to discover obviously for myself after doing my teacher training also and go uh, Ashiana, I did a 200 hour with them Linda Dantal who's an amazing oh, yeah. vinyasa flow teacher yeah. and through that I, you know, my plan was always to fuse my music and then when I got into Julie's training it was like all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle kind of fell together but what I kind of always struggled with a little bit was this extreme kind of planning uh, of the, you know, the different sections of the class which is obviously how she teaches you to structure it but being unstructured I always kind of battled with myself and now I don't plan my classes. Everything is very nice. exploratory and very... But it took, me, it took me years and years to have the faith in myself to yeah. not ne- never plan a class, actually, yeah. and just understand that once I get into that room, it will come, and I have no idea what's going to happen until the music starts, and it just 
it is always there like yeah, you know it's just right. an unending toolbox but it it, it can be terrifying particularly when you are going to a big class or somewhere you've never been before or you've got a big retreat and the first morning I'm still a bag of nerves and then it all falls into place again but it always always does and I think it's that also the self belief you know and having just been teaching for a long time and knowing that you've got all those little tools that are hiding away just from your own practice the things you've experienced in others classes your te- your trainings but for me it's like the music inspires the movement and obviously the breath follows beautifully said <laughs> i couldn't agree more <laughs> and i mean are you i mean apart from this teacher training that you're doing yeah. next month um what else have you got come because you've got another retreat as well yes with um, our lovely rebecca um, Rebecca runs a wonderful company called Jiva Healing and she runs uh, Juiced Cleanse Weeks um, where um, I'm very blessed to be her guest yoga teacher. She has many yoga teachers. She travels all around the world um, teaching it. Um, and um, we go on a journey together where we juice um, just for five days with lots of preparation, of course, and aftercare. And during the week, she's brilliant. She gives us such incredible um, nutrition talks about um, what what does an antioxidant mean, or you know, what's a triglyceride, or you know, um, what, no yeah. idea. <laughs> no. And, <laughs> Sounds you know, like something comes out of a Christmas cracker. It does. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, <laughs> bang. <laughs> and uh, she uh, she talks about you know all the different you know polyunsaturated fats and why what kind of oils to, to cook with and what's what and why um, and you know very 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 um, interesting um, uh, week I love doing it so I fast I week it's not really a fast it's a cleanse um, and uh, you know you're so you've got so many nutrients coming in so I, I don't really get hungry everyone's different everyone's mm. different so I teach as well and I do the whole um, week with her she also um, you get you have coffee enemas every day very beautifully um, administered by yourself but she gets she's really good at holding the space and teaching people and then my partner uh, my boyfriend comes along because he he also really enjoys the effects um, for me it's been essential for my own health mm. uh, personally um, I've had some thyroid um, situations and I and I've basically healed myself through that working with Rebecca and um, through natural nutrition and changing diet and lifestyle and certain exercises so um, it's it's been an integral part of my own healing journey as well and of course I adore teaching it so um, do a lot of um, start very slow and deep and really unwind them and slowly bring up bring up the energy towards the end of the week amazing so, I have yeah. seen you two wandering along the beach after one of those weeks and you're like the ready brick man just literally like kind of glowing in the dark it's um it's very annoying actually <laughs> looking so skinny and gorgeous and I was just like wow you Why just do you look... think I do it <laughs> <laughs> to lose weight <laughs> well that's an added benefit I'm sure but when when is that one it's coming up on the 1st to the 9th of February and we're going to be at the Aura Spa which is run by um uh, beautiful uh, well the manager is um, a lady called uh, Alexander she's a brilliant acupuncturist and they teach yin yoga there mm-hmm. it's a beautiful spa lovely pool uh, very organised um, and I'm going to enjoy teaching there 
Um, so that starts on the first, and then um, immediately that finishes on the same day. Um, my uh, our teacher training starts, so I'm going straight in. But it, Probably quite I, good preparation actually. But you feel so clear in the head when you're not mm. full of all these crazy things, using up all your energy and flow and kind of prana basically in the body that kind of goes into digestion I think I've never felt so clear as I do after a a fast or a detox it's just like an amazing thing to rejuvenate the mental capacity I think to absorb and and supply information and I think that's so wonderful you said that because it is a reboot Um, I just want to say that Rebecca's very wise because um, she only uh, uh, suggests that you do one uh, juice fast juice cleanse week for one week of the year that's it once a year Mm. Um, it can be very addictive Um, it's not good for everybody and I definitely definitely recommend if you are going to embark on that and you have some issues that you check with your medical practitioner first Mm. Um, you know it's a strong week and uh, I'm very experienced at doing I've been doing um, cleanses fast like that for many many years Mm. once a year Um, and she's right you have to you know some people she will not allow to um, do the actual cleanse She'll she'll give them cleansing food and still do the yoga, but she won't. If they're too, um, she feels like it won't be good for them. She won't do it. Mm. So I really admire her for that. She takes full, really good responsibility for who comes. I'm glad about that because I've done many of these um, boot camp. Well, not boot camps, but you know the spa samui thing, where you Mm. check in and you're basically pretty much unguided with a bucket of coffee every day to shove up your bottom and. And no one really there to guide you through the process of all these different clay drinks and pills that you're popping every other hour. And I mean, you go to hell and back. I did a ten-day one maybe two years ago, and it it was killer. And yeah. there was just it was just very very unsupported. Yes, you've got a yoga teacher every morning and a you know someone there on the check-in desk to give you your clay drink, but no one's telling you what's going on in your body. No one can sort of emotionally support you through everything that comes up during that extreme darkness that can kind of you know come to the fore with. You know, obviously a food is a massive cover-up for a lot of people emotionally and for their feelings. And once you take food out of the equation, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that can uh, pop into the mix, which isn't terribly pleasant or enjoyable. And you definitely need someone there that knows what they're doing because I... You know, the sparse movie is a, a cheaper way of doing it for sure, but I, I wouldn't terribly, um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't suggest that people try that at home on their own for ten days. And um, yeah, lots of self-administered uh, enemas. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not the one. And so that's obviously coming up in February. And yes. um, what, what, what else have you got going on here? It sounds like quite a lot already. Um, I, that, that's me done. That's going to keep you oh, busy. I'm actually um, with Rebecca again. Um, we're both a big fan of Feldenkrais. Um, and we're doing a Feldenkrais week starting tomorrow um, with a very, very good teacher, uh, Malcolm Manning. He's, I think he's Scandinavian, um, Danish possibly. He teaches in Denmark and uh, Finland. I've heard very good things about him and I got immediate yes when I um, saw the course. And I think it... I th- Excuse me, Malcolm, if I get it wrong. I think it's called Finding Your Inner Fish, but it um, sounds very dodgy. But anyway, I'm, I'm really looking forward to finding my inner fish, Jo. <laughs> well, do you tell me that. Yeah, that Hopefully I'm still smelling good at the end. But um, yeah, we'll, uh, I'm doing that. And I'm Feldenkrais is a big uh, influence on me. Um, but I do think, you know... I mean, what is that? I mean, most people yeah. have no idea. Like somatic movement. Yeah, yeah, it's somatic again. Somatic has got a kind of a name for itself as well. I'm. It's quite difficult because I'm. I'm kind of against naming things too much. But Feldenkrais is definitely about slowing down, um, going beyond the muscles, um, uh, opening and awakening the spine, just like Van der Skerovelli. 
um, very micro movements, very soft, gent- soft, gentle movements that are very strong, actually very, very deep. Mm. I find them dynamic. I find it extremely mm. dynamic. Um, a big, you drop very deep in yourself. So, and it's also very restorative and uh, rehabilitating. So you can um, just by moving the pelvis in a certain way can really relieve you of lower back and very so simple, so effective. Mm. And um, Vanda often gets uh, Feldenkrais, Tai Chi, Qigong, Scaravelli kind of sometimes gets, you know, possibly you know compared to be similar. Um, it's nothing to, it's not, I would definitely say this style of yoga is not yin, it's nothing like yin, it's nothing like vinyasa, mm. or nothing. It's completely on its own thing, like, it, you know, it's had its own flavor. So, yeah, I continuously um, resource myself, and my latest thing, apart from dissection, is Angela Farmer and her husband, Victor, um, and they live on Lesbos, and I just spent two weeks with them in September. Mm. Uh, they're 80, she's 80. Wow. He's 78, yeah. The most powerful and most incredible people I've ever met without absolutely uh, no guru rubbish around them. Um, just beautiful, uh, inspirational people. Been damaged and kicked around and injured by uh, Mr. Iyengar back in the day, badly. Uh, paralyzed, actually. What? Uh, yeah, so... Um, um, of course, nothing bad to say. Mr. Anger was is, is was a great teacher, mm. um, but people got injured, and because that's what they thought yoga is is to you know is to to create inflict pain on people, and, and, and so of course, a bit I, like Ashtanga. Uh, yeah, I would say I think Ashtanga Vinyasa, as it should be called, as we know, um, is wonderful discipline, and it's great if you're. Uh, it was we know that it was developed for initiation of young boys so into men and it's fabulous for that unfortunately what happens as we know it becomes addictive Mm. and uh, you know and I I believe in training the nervous system to do many things so you know if I went to a vinyasa uh, uh, a shtanga vinyasa class now primary series probably kill me Mm. you know it's because I like to spend more time um, doing the poses so um, I'd love to go back to Bali's class in, in Arambol but since yeah. I've done Julie's teacher training I've yeah. been back maybe one just to yeah. see him because I absolutely yeah. adore him I yeah. brought him into Ibiza once for some workshops and I, you know he's a great great man he's an incredible teacher but every time I do it I feel like I've been like in a car crash like mm. every piece of me just hurts mm. and is sore and aches and it just mm. brings all my injuries into a screaming zone so it's it's really not worthwhile. I have learnt my lesson the hard way. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it definitely suits a certain, certain type of person. And again, it's like everything, isn't it, Joe? It's a teacher. You know, they could be teaching you to pick your nose. And if you, <laughs> you know, if you like the way they're doing it, you will do it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really, if you love, you have to love your teacher. And your teacher has to love what they do. And you have to feel their love and passion. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm always looking for that magic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll go to any teacher if I feel the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and because I've ha- I've had the great privilege to have extremely wise teachers who are elders, you know, I've had that. I'm extremely blessed to have that quality. Um, I've met I, some of the friends that come on our courses. I'll go to their classes because they're amazing young people who are incredibly gifted, and I learn so much from them. I have a contemporary, uh, Mary Medimort. She's a brilliant um, teacher in. Um, Finland who I've been to for 10 years now and um, she hosts me every year and I learn so much from her Mm. you know and she's you know 15 years younger 10 years younger than me 
and uh, you know we actually no she's 15 years younger than me and I learned I go to her classes because she's so inspiring you know deeply um, wise young woman and there's so many wise young people out there and I'll go to them I don't care I'll, I'll assist or whatever that means I'll do it because I learn from everything um, and I also learn going to, from classes that I haven't enjoyed or I, I wasn't impressed or whatever my own ego was saying I have a huge ego and um, <laughs> I admit that I have one and I have expectations and I judge you know that's human nature um, and very very honest of you though yeah. I like that well yeah I mean spiritual teachings are beautiful but to ask someone never to judge again is impossible I'm sorry <laughs> not um, in this day and age it's no, impossible no the sky there's a full moon you know it's a you know I'm judging it you know so it's not a full moon um, new moon you know I'm judging it you know it's it, I, I have a real issue with um, some of the spiritual teachings that have gone way over the top sorry way over the top and uh, you know for me like what like um, <laughs> uh oh Go on, give it to us. Say. That's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. just to look at the beautiful yeah. new moon. My God, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's dark now, but it's wow. And also in Goa, you see the new moon's coming. The, the, the slice of the new moon mm. is facing as like a uh, U-shape. Mm -hmm. And I think in England, it's more like a C-shape, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I never noticed that yeah, before. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. This is the bottom and it's on the side. <laughs> You're an astrologer in your spare time uh, as well. I'd love to be. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I don't buy into the guru stuff anymore. Um, I've spent a lot of time with a lot of gurus. I, the only guru that I really rate is Amaji, um, the big hugging guru in Kerala. I spent a lot of time with her. Um, I would say um, the most uh, people... What, I, so what, would you, what do you call her? Um, well, it, her, her full name is Mata Am Nitinandamaima, but Ama, yeah. Amaji. Yeah, no, I have been to her, that ashram once yeah. and had a little hug. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's full-on Bhakti. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that my personal uh, wisdom keepers or mentors are um, normal human beings living a life with the shit, with the challenges, with injuries, having operations, having kids, you know, having health issues. They're my personal heroes, like my teacher Elizabeth, like my mum and dad, like um, um, Angela Farmer, um, people like that. Or, you know, some of them, my girlfriends here, um, there's a wonderful woman called Gypsy here who's suffering in intensely most of her life from you know debilitating arthritis her you know, she's in constant pain huge pain every day her will to live inspires me mm. that's the kind of things I'm talking about I don't I don't feel the need to I did but I don't feel the need to um, wear a certain uniform and say certain prayers and do certain techniques even though I'm a lover of ritual but I'm much more into paganism if, if I was to call it a name um, so I don't buy into um, throwing my power at somebody else's feet and then they um, abuse and people. There's a lot of that going on though yeah. and it, it is hard to, yeah. to know where that, where that lies, is. that boundary. It is. And as you said quite rightly, Joe, earlier, beautifully said when you said you know, it takes time. So you have to kind of throw yourself in at the deep end and make those wonderful challenges mm. um, I don't want to call them a mistake because they're not but you have to go through those challenges of life of putting yourself in like I mean I'm sure you look back at your own life going what the hell was I doing <laughs> I've ridden a motorbike through a reception of a hotel you know this is the kind of crazy shit we were doing you know or you know I'd be where um, in Greece <laughs> why because <laughs> I was stupid <laughs> drunk uh, yeah and uh, I uh, you know driving 
home off my head and you know uh, just you know, just really stupid things and you look back you know and we said you know we all drove around here with no helmets you know driving with flip-flops I still mean, do yeah I, I mean, do yeah now, now I wear the full boots and the helmet because you know I drive a big fat bike you know mm. and you know we take groups out with us so you know I really promote safety mm. but before I wouldn't you know, I'd virtually ride in my bikini. You know, that's what we did, wasn't it? You know, in the old days. Mm. I love that. That's what I love about coming yeah. here. That's because yeah. in Ibiza you just can't get away with that no. stuff anymore. And here, I do. I, it's the sense of freedom of having the wind in your hair and riding around in flip flops and just not yeah. caring. And maybe I'm an absolute muppet, but I mean, no, I don't drink, wise. drive, or anything like that here. You. Which is, I think, when danger knocks on your door or completely stoned off your face or tripping mm. out of your mind. Mm. I mean, obviously other people are doing that here, which mm. concerns me greatly. But when I'm, I'm driving, I'm, you know, I'm pretty compassmentous. And, um, yeah, I might not be wearing a helmet, but I, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. But those days when we were younger, you know, the roads were very different. Mm. You know, the quality of driving was very different. There was half the amount of traffic on the road, you know. Um, Go has changed dramatically, like everybody, like everywhere. So, you know, I kind of wear the helmet and the thing, the boots, because I want to keep my toes, mm. because they're my and Very valuable. I mean, what would you do without those bad boys? I need very them, ungrounded. I need them bad boys for my job. But, um, yeah. yeah, of course I've got, I've, you know, I've changed, of course, you know, as we get older. But I still come here because even though it's changing in a direction that I'm not particularly enjoying... I'm sitting out here and you can hear the rustling of the leaves of the palm trees and, you know, it's filthy and disgusting and dirty, but there's still this amazing community and, you know, I know that down the road there's some tangicles going on or, you know, there's a party or there's a gathering. You know, in this spot where we're sitting now, I've had we've had loads of ceremonies. We're sitting in our fire circle. So, um, What I, kind of ceremonies? I do kind of... Um, I hold ceremonies on New Year's Eve, sometimes or around my birthday. Um, or around a solstice or an equinox and we just call in the the directions and we put into the fire what we want to let go of or you know your normal bog standard kind of ceremony okay or, i was just thinking maybe some sort of like ayahuasca ceremonies no, or some shamanic done all those wildness done all those done all those here yeah all the all the big things like ayahuasca cambo um big ceremonies like that i've all done here it's all go has provided them all um my first proper tantric group was here um, which doesn't involve um, sleeping with millions of people it was actually a, a journey for the self and uh, I didn't have sex with anybody it was fabulous so the kind of tantra if I want to call it tantric sex I don't know what to call it but you know sexy courses I've never even touched anybody mm-hmm. it's been the most powerful and intense experience and it was very you know I'm very fussy about who teaches them so um yeah, anything and everything goes here, and it's fabulous. And I enjoy watching all the crazy people doing their thing on the beach. And, in the uh, mornings, in the absolutely, mornings, those morning walks are magical and hilariously funny. People walking backwards, yeah. people butt naked, people hugging little uh, mice. Yes, we've got the, the mice, mice people. The mice people, <laughs> hilarious. I mean, what is that s- all about? Yeah, that's um, Nehru, who I'm sure you people in Ibiza might know. She's, she's um, I bloody went to Finland for this Natural Healing High Festival. Best festival, no drugs, no alcohol. I felt fantastic, great teachers. And Nehru was there. I thought, I can't get away from her. Who was <laughs> Nehru? Uh, I Nehru don't even know who she is. She's this really, I think she's about 150 million years old. <laughs> and uh, she's got this, she gets people to jump up and down and be happy and do weird. <laughs> I mean... I'm not sure, but they carry they carry around these fluffy mice. Which Why? Are, 
Have you ever asked? Well, they kind of sit them down. the kind of person that might ask that question, probably over the dinner table in a very direct fashion. (laughs) Oi, love. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing with that? (laughs) Get alive, will you? (laughs) Sort it out. No, because they're really serious and they've got that kind of weird look in their eye that's a bit vacant. <laughs> so I'm just going, they do. Very yeah. vacuous. Lights yes. are on. Nobody home. Yeah. Just the mice. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it must be there in a child. Oh, wow. And I actually know the origin of the fluffy mouse because my neighbours here, um, they knew um, a hairdresser here who made these fluffy ma- mice. And Nehru apparently loved these mice so much that she got loads of them made and then start, made a cult out of it. Fabulous. <laughs> That's a great way to make money. It is a great way. I was gonna, that was my next question. Where does she buy these mice from? Are yeah, they like readily available in the toy shop up the road in Mapasaro? No, I think I think they were made. I mean, I think she had them made by this woman. Anyway, she's made a killing. She well, she must do because I see her every year yeah. with um, many mice uh, disciples. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's jumping hilarious. up and down. Yeah, shaking. I mean, some shaking on the beach. Yeah, sadly, one for a couple of years, it was right in front of hit my house here, so I'd hear them go. Oh, oh. I was like, "Excuse me, I'm trying to sleep here." So um, anyway, brilliant. What a way to start the day. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not quite secretly enjoy that? Yeah, <laughs> entertainment. I mean, if you, I'm definitely thinking of writing a soap opera. Um, James Wynne Stanley was um, has actually written one, um, but um, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, if you want to come for entertainment. Anything and everything goes on this beach. And, uh, yeah, that's why I love it. That is the primary reason Mm. why I return. And there are times when, (laughs) even getting on the plane this year, I was like, what the hell am I doing going back there again? But I get here and I'm like, I can be myself here. I can be anything. And no one is going to give a monkeys. They might give a mouse, but they will not give a monkeys. (laughs) They just, it's great. And that's why it's, like, amazing to be here because you can just get away with just doing and, and being whoever yeah. you are or whoever you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And you can put up a poster and say, you know, get, you know, heal yourself of all your past traumas, whatever they may be. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, then there's some sexy couple advertising it and you go along and then see what happens. Wow, indeed. So, uh, but <laughs> you've been to many of those? No. <laughs> no. I've always wanted to go to the Tantra Festival here or the one in Ibiza, actually, but yeah. I'm just, I'm just too, I'm just not that girl. I, I, I wish I could be. I've heard some hilariously brilliant stories. Yeah. I think sh- maybe to do the podcast there would be gold. You, yes. I, 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 I've got to do that, really. But I don't know what it is, but the Ecstatic Dance Festival, I think, is next from the yeah, ninth. There's a Ecstatic Dance Festival at the same time as starting, it's actually starting, uh, it's the same time as the um, Feldenkrais. And I've met the guy that runs it in um, Barcelona Yoga Conference. I was there this year, uh, last mm. year. and um, He runs what, sorry, the Ecstatic it, Dance Festival? Yeah, he is one of the, this big famous guy I don't know his name um, he runs it but no for me ecstatic um, I've worked with Joe Cobbett um, who is a, who works with Julie um, and they're I'm doing a retreat actually in yes, about a week's are. time you should definitely go to that I want to yeah. I want to yeah. I'm going to see if I can yeah. squeeze it in between my retreats try to Joe's a phenomenal teacher um, and so you know you go on a really led journey and I find that ecstatic dance of course I'll dance and it's great because there's no drugs or alcohol and it's totally clean and I love that and I, I feel it you know it's a good place to be but you know I want to be guided sometimes I want to go on a journey and Joe takes you on these amazing spontaneous journeys where you're all of a sudden you know in a space that's so deep and or you're drawing or you're um, she gives you two words like two words here's here are two words obstacle opportunity Write both those words on top of a big piece of A3 paper and write. I've been dancing for three hours or something. Or we'll make masks and, you know, we'll go on this journey. Or we'll make islands 
in the room and we'll all be on our islands and then we'll you know collaborate and we go on an amazing journey or she'll do each day following the elements so you know that's what I'm talking about you know so it's not about making a groovy playlist you know which is kind of what's happening a little bit I'm making a groovy playlist let's dance which is fantastic but I want to take I I want to go that stage deeper because I've been with Joe, who opens up a whole new world within you, so she's been a huge influence on me. Is she uh, someone who studied with Gabrielle Roth? Or? Yeah, yeah, but she's made it her own. Right, she's made. She's definitely. She doesn't even call it five rhythm. She's totally made it her own. But yeah, she was. She knew Gabrielle, um, and uh, big influence. And uh, yeah, she, I went. We. Do you remember? And if you were here, uh, when the big, ch- uh, the big chill came to Goa. The festival, yeah. Was it the Big Chill or there was something like the Big Chill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a few years road, ago, about actually. three years ago now. I didn't go to the festival though. Yeah, it was. It was even longer than that. It was one about ten years ago, because I was organising the healing fit, uh, area mm. area because a friend of mine was running it. Anyway, so Joe came with us, and she uh, was um, Cold Cut were playing. Oh my god! Yeah. I wish I'd been here for that. Yeah, they were playing, and and she just stood at the front of stage and she um, I'm demonstrating it now sorry if you can't see it but she was just kind of standing in one place and just gently undulating her arms like a tree so here comes the wind and uh, like a tree and everybody just was so drawn by her energy you know she wasn't being crazy cat she wasn't you know drawing attention she had her eyes closed and that kind of power Mm. without with just being so simple and her own energy was beautiful and I, I remember that really Anywhere. well yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, that was a real moment because uh, I thought what well, this woman is totally empowered mm-hmm. you know without being a guru without saying oh you know to be spiritual you have to do this and this bollocks mm-hmm. you know for me it's much more about you know just be yourself with all of your stuff you know and it ain't pretty always yeah it ain't you know I'm not pretending to be um, a yo- I, I can't even call myself a yogi because mm. you know I love practicing moving I love moving my body and I love eating uh, well and I love looking after myself and I love sharing but I wouldn't say I was a yogi because I don't follow the yoga philosophy I follow my own philosophy which changes all the time you know and I think you have to live it off the mat as well mm. Yeah. So, you know, how can you bring that into your everyday life? You know, so that is precisely why I called my class yoga, and I yeah. just never felt able to call it <laughs> yoga because I, I knew it was never going to be that, and I certainly didn't want to be a yoga teacher because yeah. I never felt like claiming no. that title, especially no. after a two hundred hour teacher training. No. I mean, who was yeah. I to to start calling myself a yoga teacher? Mm. So I, I, you know, I don't, and also same things I, you know lots of little things that I was told yoga teachers do like mm. you know they're vegan and they don't drink mm. and they don't have sex mm. and they don't do this and they don't do that and I was like well I'm never going to give up all of that so no. I definitely can't call it yoga no, no thank you <laughs> that's never going to work exactly I mean some of the most connective places you can ever reach within yourself is, is when you make love or you know or when you look in someone's eyes or you give them a hug or you share a beautiful meal that ha- might be what it doesn't have to be vegan it might be you know whatever you whatever turns you on never judge never tell people to what they eat never never tell people not to smoke or not drink coffee or tea never ever ever no. Even on retreat, I mean, I just, no. I just don't. I used to actually. I yeah. used to ban coffee, and people would be going out of their minds, like wanting to kill mm. each other. Mm. I'd be like, no, no coffee. I mean, how? Why? Why not? 
You can, I mean, there's lots yeah. of reasons, but I mean, really, I can't find a good one anymore. Yeah. And also, I've never dreamed to say shave your armpits or anything like that. You know, you you you, you are as long as you smell nice and you you know and you not covered in jewelry and you know. I mean, sometimes it's we had a, a, an amazing. Uh, friend come on the course and she had so much jewelry that you couldn't actually hear what she was saying because it was all jangling so um you know just be you know just just be very simple you know but you know i promote uh being yourself as long as you smell good and you're safe you know <laughs> and you look you know you're juicy and enjoying what you do um but yeah i i can't bear all this dogmatic um you know rubbish like if you drink i've i've heard on the teacher training uh, if you drink coffee and eat chocolate, you've got low self-esteem. I mean, what a pile of rubbish. Um, it means know. that we're hardwired for pleasure and we enjoy, like, yeah. fueling that beast and just getting right yeah. into the pleasure zone. Yeah. I mean, find me someone that doesn't. And if they yeah. don't enjoy being in the pleasure zone of all the things that we've just named that we shouldn't be doing in our lives, I don't want to be friends with them. I don't ever want to meet them. Exactly. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. I mean, you know, we're here. I mean, I know I'm older than you, but we're here. You know, I'm sitting in front of Joe. She's the picture of health. I'm still, like, landing and... Um, bit pasty white um you know You're looking pretty hot though uh, thanks babe. i would okay thank you <laughs> i would do too um but you know just uh, we're enjoying life mm. and we're not working full time we're you know i don't need that much money i don't earn you know much money at all but i live a very abundant life and i live the life that i, I want to live and um and a lot of people say how can i do it and i said well you you have to give up your job <laughs> give up the security blanket yeah, which is basically. impossibly hard sometimes yeah. for a lot of people I think and I was actually only having this chat with Joe Kombucha um, yeah. the other night at the reggae party on Sunday and I said yeah. you know before I came away my mum told me I had to get a job like a real proper job and I was like it's hard living this lifestyle yeah. sometimes like creating constant magic to mm. pay the bills and the rent and the travels and the this and the that because you know you haven't got that security of constant cash flow guaranteed coming through and sometimes you get to these points where the flow stops a little bit and you think Christ I, I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from and that is a little bit scary when you hit the zeros when you hit the really seriously low fund stages the doubt sets in and the you know the real kind of little inner voice of like what are you actually doing with your life like who are you you know what is this lifestyle you've created but if you start to listen you know listen to all of that then you would give up all of this and and that would be a travesty because I cannot begin to say how beautiful it feels to be back here again and I really doubted coming again mm. for all of those reasons I was like maybe it is time to listen to mama and get a proper job but um no way I'm with you darling <laughs> Um, my my thing, what I would say, um, a parting word would be: um, always believe in your dreams, live your dreams, and make uh, you can, uh, it will happen. You just have you know, just open up for it. And uh, I always believed and always knew that I, I would always be living this life. So I never believed anything else. Mm. You know? So um, always live your dreams, and they will they will always come true. And I have to say, every single one of my dreams has come true and still is. I think I think the, the most beautiful thing you ever said to me uh, was when you um, told me about your your love story. I don't know if you oh, yeah. care to share it with us, but it it is the one most thing that just like really put a smile on my face, and I really loved it when you told it. So, so just to give all of you hope, um, I was forty four and um, living in Goa and not really having much success, but you know just enjoying lots of fun and. Um, I everybody everybody kept saying to me and family you'll never meet anybody in Goa it's so transient I said I will I will I will so I just let go and um, 
and I was driving, um, I had a birthday party in Magic Park and there was uh, some friends, good friends of mine arranged a ceremony where I had to go through a tunnel and kind of give birth to myself and my girlfriend said fall backwards, uh, I was blindfolded so I fell backwards and there were 16 men there waiting and they lifted me up and I was literally shaking crying and uh, the guy that I'm now with, um, a Danish Viking, he was at my bottom and he was holding my bottom and he squeezed it and I thought this girl is crazy to get me out of here. So um, <laughs> he put, they put me down and they were doing a sound journey and he, um, he sneaked off and I, I met him and I didn't really didn't really feel anything. Anyway, so t- t- uh, I did, then I went to the tantric course, and uh, two months later, I re-met him, and I was in my, there you go, I was in my pyjamas, and I hadn't brushed my teeth, and I was on my Enfield with a girlfriend, and she said, look, I want to smoke a joint, um, can, can, can you take, we were at Satsanga, here we go, got the dog cacophony in the background, the orchestra, the orchestra. So um, basically, yeah, uh, we went out to Mapsa um, on my Enfield and she was smoking her joint and uh, I pulled into the petrol station and he was pulling in at the same time with a friend, a mutual friend. So I said, oh, hi, and he went, hi, ladies, and I was like, oh, God, who's that? So I, I text my friend who he was with and, and I said, who's the guy? He said, well, that is Johnson, you met him before. He came to your birthday party. And I was like, really? I don't remember him. And um, he said, why don't you bring your group to uh, to um, his place in Asagel, um, um, Swan, um, Swan Yoga. Um, come and we'll do a, a, a fire ceremony. And I said, great. So I brought my group and I dressed up and I totally was on my flirt mode. And uh, I, um, we met and he said, oh, did you bring your Enfield? And I said, yeah. And I asked him on a date. And uh, yeah. yeah, asked him on a date and he came up here and we went on our first date with f- uh, uh, two couples. So uh, very good friends of mine said, right, we're coming with you. We want to make sure this is the right guy. So poor guy turned up here. We went on a date with four <laughs> other people. Oh, my God. And, he just thought, well, and anyway, we stayed up all night uh, partying with um, our friends at DJ. And he just couldn't believe where he was. And, you know, we watched the sun Sitting come Sitting here, right in this garden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right in this place. And, uh, and the next week he moved in, yeah. And the rest is history. You've been together how long now? Nearly seven years. Oh, that's amazing. I, I remember you telling me that story about how you met him when you were, um, yeah, just at the petrol station. And um, he's your sexy Danish Viking. So um, I'm yeah, delighted for you. Thank you. All your dreams have come true, Helen. It's, it's official. I'm going to uh, be your <laughs> officiator of dreams definitely um, yeah, manifesting in full. And uh, what a great way to end today's Reset Rebel podcast. I'm so, thank you so much for coming on and talking for almost an hour and ten oh minutes. My God, God we can talk. <laughs> oh, please don't apologise. I'm, I'm hoping everybody else has enjoyed it as much as I have. It's been a pleasure here in the magic of Mandram, looking at the new moon in your back garden. How beautiful. And it's orange. It's an orange slither right it is. now. And it's, 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 yeah, it's apart from the dogs. And some uh, background drills. It's very quiet. And some music I can hear. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. We'll Thank see you, you again. Joe. Thank see you, you again, so much. Joe. Good luck. Take Go care. Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel.